Kia ora e te whanau o te konai i purangi nei tu tāne, ko apa wātine tōku ingoa. Hello to the Becoming Tāne podcast family, my name is Apa Wātine. This podcast is about sharing men's stories and growing great guys. This is season one, episode five. The title of today's podcast is called Don't Tell Me, Show Me. We appreciate all the support we have received so far. Please remember our website is www.becomingtane.men and our email is info at becomingtane.men. You can connect with us on Facebook at Becoming Tane. Our guest today is Watson Ohia. Before we have recorded all with Watson, let me share some of his stories so far. Watson was born in Picton. He is the oldest child with two brothers and a sister. He attended Queen Charlotte College, Wellington High School, Aranui High School, Wellington College and Hatsotipine. Watson also attended Waikato University where he obtained a Bachelor of Education and also a Master of Arts and an MBA. Watson began teaching in 1992 at the Wharekura or Rakaumanga as a primary school teacher. He then moved up to the high school section at the Kura where he taught maths and history. After a number of years he became the deputy principal. In 2002, he went back to complete his MBA at Waikato University. In 2003, Watson was employed to become the founding principal at Ngātaiātia Wharekura, where he stayed until the end of 2017. When he left Ngātaiātia, he became the CEO of Ngākura Aiwi or Aotearoa, where he continues to work to this day. Watson is married to his wife Michelle and they have three daughters. Kilda Watson, welcome and thank you for joining me on the Becoming Tane podcast. Oh, tēnā koe, apa. It's an honour to be here today and um, and have this conversation with you. Watson, I believe we are who we are because of some of our life's experiences. So the first question that I have for you is what two events in your life has had the greatest impact on you? In regards to key events that have had the biggest impact on me, I suppose one was uh, being raised in Waikawa Bay. With the nannies there, uncles and aunties, an uh, area where the population peaked at about 173. And just being in that environment, rural environment, loving environment, a Māori environment, but also a place where... We have a we had a lot of and still have a lot of respect and love for our the Pākehā people near Waikawa Bay, many of whom learnt Te Reo Māori in the early seventies. Just being raised in Waikawa Bay was major for myself and my siblings in that environment. The next biggest event that shaped my life was meeting my wife as a nineteen-year-old university. And living life with her, but then as a young mother, she uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. She was 28 years old. When you hit with a major, almost catastrophe, where the prognosis is very negative in regards to life and a future life, your priorities change. What's meaningful 
and what matters changes. And so probably those two things, if I, if I think of two, the two biggest things that have shaped our lives, my life. In terms of being raised in Waikoua, is there any one particular experience that stands out to you more than anything else? I often share about when I first caught a public bus and I was about 11 years old. And I was going, to, my parents had moved to Christchurch, so I was waiting to catch a bus from Picton to Christchurch. And I was living with my grandmother at the time. And I think, reflect back on our upbringing, and I reflect back on this moment, because when I got on the public bus, just before I was getting on there, my grandmother handed me a, a bag of lollies, boiled lollies, sweets. And I looked at these sweets, I go up the steps, of the bus and I looked down and I see all these seats in the bus, all strangers. And my reaction was, I have lollies. These are people. I'm walking down this aisle. I need to offer everybody a lolly. And so that's a reflection of how we grew up. Uh, what you have, you give and, and you make a connection straight away. And so I suppose that event when I think about why I did that, and it just came naturally back then, but when I reflect on that as an adult, why I did that was because of how we were raised in a community in Waikoua Bay. What was the reaction of the other people on the bus to you, this boy handing out lollies? Yeah, well, you know, I end, what I ended up doing, I was walking down the bus, I offered everyone a lolly, and then this elderly park lady who was at the front of the bus came down and asked me if I'd go and sit by her. So I went and sat by her, and we talked all the way to Christchurch on the bus. So I'm not quite sure the reaction of everybody else on the bus, but I vividly remember this elderly Pākehā lady wanting to make a, connect, a further connection as we travelled together down to, this, down to Christchurch. Can I ask a question about uh, your wife and uh, when she was diagnosed with breast cancer? How did you deal with that challenge? It was devastating, but it was also reinforced for us our faith in God and that uh, when no one else can help you, who can you turn to? You know, uh, through the highs and the lows of life, the doctors can only do so much, family can only do so much. And my parents, very influential in our lives, my siblings and I, and um, and so this was probably a life lesson in just having faith. God has a plan. He'll get us through. And he did. So probably one of the two toughest times in my life, in our life as a couple, uh, the other being the passing of, our, of my father, our father. But we leaned on God, to be honest. Our faith grew. And we grew as people. And I'm just really thankful that we're still together today and living life together with our, with our daughters and our wider family. Kia ora te whanau. Matu Taira here from Arise Movement. I want to share this amazing opportunity with the brothers listening to Becoming Tane right now to join us on a journey of discovering and redefining what it means to be a man. 
The Arise movement is all about providing men and high school-aged boys with a safe space to share authentically about what we're dealing with as fathers and sons and in the many roles and responsibilities we have in life. Our mentoring and initiation program will empower men as well as mentor and initiate boys into manhood. This program will provide experiences, workshops and opportunities for fathers and sons, uncles and nephews, men and boys to develop and gain skills necessary to navigate manhood and life. The main intention of the Arise movement is to empower men and boys to be free and fully self-expressed, to ensure women and girls are safe and secure, and whānau are strong and thriving. Now if this kaupapa resonates with you, I invite you to take action to create the life you really want for you and your whānau. Join the Arise Movement at the Point Recreational Reserve in Ngārua Wahia this Sunday the 16th of August from 2pm to 4pm for our first gathering. If you're interested, just want to find out or you're keen to jump on board our waka and take this journey together. You can also message me, Matutaira Herangi, on Facebook if you'd like to join the Arise Movement Facebook group. Matika, maranga, it's time to arise. Your dad, is he a big influence on your life? Major, major influence on our lives, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, when I say our, I always think of my siblings and I, but um, he's a major, major influence on our lives, both our parents, both of our parents. And, you know, if I think, when I think about him, I think about probably, you know, love, love for God, love for people. And then the other one is being proud of who God made us as Māori. He didn't make a mistake when he made me, made us as Māori, Mā Tātua, Te Arawa, Te Atiawa, um, young people. And so that was continually reinforced in our upbringing, that we're blessed to be Māori. Uh, although we couldn't speak Māori and stand up for our people, our culture, and our future as Māori. I just want to talk about your dad in terms of how, how he reinforced your identity. How did he do that? My earliest memories are of um, being at kapahaka practices and, and with them at classes and in the Ratana Church because we were raised in the Ratana Church um, where... All those things just reinforced how awesome it is to be Māori with nannies, uh, you know, so living life reinforced that, you know. And although our community weren't a Māori-speaking community, they were a Māori-living community. So when did you and your reo come together, I guess, because I would think that you're quite fluent in the reo these days. When did that begin for you? I think, you know, growing up, these seeds were planted of a being proud of being Māori, being protective of Māori, and a hunger to want to learn our reo and tikanga. So growing up, we, didn't, we couldn't speak to reo Māori, but through high school, fortunate to, to um, have some wonderful teachers. Mind you, when I had finished that high school, I still couldn't speak. Te reo Māori fluently, 
when I um, did kōrero, etc., they were learnt kōrero. So going to university, though, and the Waikato here, and how the reo was taught, getting put in the deep end to in environments where you're not allowed to speak English, going out to do section as a at teacher's training college in kura like um, Rākaumanga where you aren't allowed to speak uh, English. That was scary for me, but amazing. Right? And we, we get a fright really at how fast we, our reo can develop by being put in the deep end. So I'm thankful to, for being put in the deep end. How did you end up at Tipini? When we were young, our parents used to think about sending both myself and my siblings away to Māori boarding schools. Our father uh, worked for the education department. And so from Picton, Waikoa, where we lived, he was a teacher. And then he became an advisor in Christchurch and then a national advisor in Wellington. So we moved to Christchurch and then moved to Wellington. And my last school in Wellington for year 11, fifth form, was Wellington College. And so Wellington College is probably like the Auckland grammar of Wellington. And so there are a lot of amazing things there. But if you wanted to learn te reo Māori and to be continually reinforced that it's awesome to be Māori, that wasn't a very good place. But it had a lot of good things there. So an opportunity came up. Uh, when I was year 11 for Bentham to go to Teote. So um, around April of that year, 1985, he went to Teote and I stayed at Wellington College. Then an opportunity came up in the beginning of 1986 uh, at Tipene. And so um, that's how I ended up at Tipene. And, and thankful for my time, you know, and I suppose... Tipene was my fifth high school. Queen Charlotte College in uh, Picton there, Arunui High School in Christchurch, Wellington High School in Wellington, Wellington College, and then uh, Tipene. So my view of being a student of communities was, of, uh, was quite a bit wider than your normal student because I went to schools in different communities around the country. But that's how I ended up at Tipene. So we mentioned your dad was quite an influential person in your life. Was there anyone else that was quite influential? Yep, so yes, number one is our parents, our mother and our father. Um, the other two major influences in my life is our grandmother, our mother's mother, Nancy Riwaka. And so our parents were also musicians. They say they would do gigs, would you believe it, and pick them. And they did some stints in Australia. So they were musicians and, um, as well as teachers. So our grandparents, and, and plus our father was a minister, uh, as well as a teacher and all sorts of other things. So our grandparents had a major part in looking after us, especially our grandmother. And so she was incredibly influential. Uh, for me, she's another amazing example of love, unconditional love. She was also very staunch. So she's one of those very kind, you can be, uh, you can mistakenly think that she's weak until you do something she doesn't agree with. The next thing, boom, you know. So she was very staunch, you know, for the rights of Māori in Waikawa Bay, uh, families, uh, Māori Women's Welfare League, etc. The thing that sticks in my heart is her love, and she always gave us love by what she did and what she said. Yeah, and on the other side is 
my father's mother, Tirikawa, or here. So although we were raised in the South, when I moved to Hamilton and et cetera, I got to have more time with our grandmother up here. And, and, and she was similar, very staunch, very strong, but also for me, I always felt love from our grandmother here as well, Tirikawa. And they had differing personalities, but beautiful people in their own way. And so, yeah, there'd be two other people that have made, had a major impact in our lives and in my life. What is vulnerability? For me, vulnerability is a, it's a sacred place where you will let out your emotions with the people you trust around you. So it's quite a sacred area for men in particular. Vulnerable is um, when you let your guard down and you allow some other people to see your weaknesses. Vulnerability for me is someone that places themselves in that space or that, that state of being with the intention to either want help for themselves or wanting to give help to others by being vulnerable. Uh, to me, I, I get the greatest joy in helping others, but uh, one thing I really struggle with is being helped. Um, so that's when I'm vulnerable to me is when I'm actually willing to allow, allow someone else to help me. Um, it's going to sound bad, but I don't think I know what that means in this context. To me, it's a weakness. To me, it's an area of your life that you need to shore up and strengthen. To me, it means mental strength, being able to lay bare all your darkest moments. Vulnerability to me is true power. What is your definition of vulnerability? I have a belief that we're all unique and we all have skills and gifts that are given to each of us. And so my question is for you here, Watson, what is your unique skill or gift? Or in other words, what is your superpower? A couple of thoughts come to mind in the first instance. One is that uh, I think that really uh, God is the source of everything that matters to me. Tuatahi. Um, Tuarua, if I was to simplify things, and, and you know, others will say what they think, but I suppose for me it's about to love and to serve. And sometimes that love, love has a whole lot of different faces, eh? And, uh, you know, respect to give, as well as sometimes the love that's needed is tough love. The love that's needed is clear parameters. So it's not all mushy, but but I, um, I think that what comes to mind is, I suppose what drives me is to, to love and to serve in a whole lot of different ways. I think where I can help people is, um, in organisations and kaupapa is to love by listening and by trying to understand and then looking at complex things and trying to simplify those things down uh, so that we can get a pathway forward. So a lot of what I do now 
involves that kind of process, whether it's a whānau kaupapa, a iwi kaupapa, a government kaupapa, to try to listen. And I think the other one is just trying to ask questions so I can understand better. So that's, I suppose that's my initial answer. Let me share what your significant other uh, wrote about your superpowers. Uh, she said, he is a man of God. He has strong faith and believes that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. He doesn't preach to people, but people can see his faith in him. The second one is where I think when you're talking about love and service, it was written, you are values driven. You have a strong value set and believe that this was handed down from his grandmother and his parents. He will also do the right thing for the right reason. He has integrity. He is responsible. He has work ethic and is impeccable. He has strong mental and physical determination, full of aroha and always thinking of others. Last one here is leadership. He is a natural gifted leader who works with people and for the people. People trust him and will follow him. He can lead in any situation at all international, national, government level um, and events. So those three things is exactly what you spoke about, you know, in terms of values driven, you talk about love and support and respect. In terms of leadership, you're talking about um, the ability to find a pathway to move forward and being able to uh, work on a number of different levels, whānau, government, iwi. I think that's a, a beautiful thing that what you believe is your superpower and others, well, your significant other believes that your superpower is the same thing. And not everyone gets that alignment right. That alignment can be difficult at times. How did you ensure that, you know, what, how you thought of yourself and how, well, while your significant other thinks of you, are the same? Well, I think back to uh, my, my beloved rugby league club in Huntley and Tanifurau. And some of the key messages I will always treasure from there are, don't tell me, show me. Yeah. Don't say it, be it. And I want to ask a question regarding the education system. And the question is, you know, some men didn't have the best experience with education back in their day. What can these same men do to help, well, in particular, their sons and also their daughters, not have the same experience they had? I think we just got to support our young people to find what they are passionate about or what may develop into a passion, which may be trying a whole lot of different things. But one of the mistakes we can make is thinking that everyone needs to be like us. So one of the, one of the quick questions we focus on in our, in our organisation is about the purpose of education. And changing the question for our young people to what, from what do you want to be? Because that's a very much a economic focused question. Hey, like what do you want to be? Yeah. Change the question to who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Much wider, much freer. Who do you want to be as a person? Or the phrase that I've heard from my brother who um, heard from our friends in Alaska, I think, is, uh, you know, and a bit deeper, that question, this question, but what kind of ancestor do you want to be? What do you want to be remembered for? It's much deeper than what do you want to be. 
And so I think that question of with our, with our young people, who do you want to be as a person? You know, I want to be generous. I want to be there for my family. I want to honour my komato as long as they're with us. Uh, I want to be a good komato. Yeah, all those kinds of things are uh, much deeper and wider. And therefore, I think it gives our, our people more scope in regards to the pathway they take and more and a, and a license to um, think beyond the qualification, go to this course, get this job. Traditionally, barbershops have been more than just a place for a haircut. Barbershops are safe spaces for men where they can socialise and talk. In Hamilton, Reggie's Barbershop is one of those barbershops, and it has been operating since 2005. At Reggie's Barbershop, you not only get a quality cut, but you get a great environment, great barbers, great conversation, and you're made to feel more than just a number. You don't have to believe what I say. Here is some of the feedback that Reggie gets. Always a cool vibe at Reggie's. Nice and chill. Few laughs. Great atmosphere. Love the way they cut my hair and trim my beard. They really listen to what you want and always keen for yarns. Awesome atmosphere created by awesome people. You guys are amazing. Amazing haircuts and great uplifting kōrero. Too meke. Love the vibe. Toddler loves the stylish cuts and Mumsy loves those competitive prices. This really is the best barbers ever. Reggie is so friendly and does exactly what you're asking for. He did an amazing job with my hubby's hair. Reggie's is always buzzing. Such a great atmosphere and a great asset to Frankton. Sometimes the queues are out the door. During summer, the music is always pumping. My son loves getting his hair cut there. Awesome atmosphere. My husband got his hair cut and beard trimmed, and the barber took his time to talk and gave a very nice personalised service. Would highly recommend. I get my hair cut at Reggie's every month, and I also take my three sons there. The people are friendly and give a great cut, and it's always a good price. In my experience, Reggie's is the best barber shop in H-Town. So if you want a great cut, great company, great conversation, visit Reggie's Barber Shop. Shop 1, 40 Lake Road, Frankton, Hamilton, or call 07-847-5275. Just another question now. You're in your corridor so far, you've talked a lot about our faith and you also talked a lot about being Māori. Um, sometimes I think that, that they can be they can clash over things. There can be some significant differences. How, how do you blend the two worlds or do you blend the two worlds? I suppose one thing is feeling and knowing that it's okay to be you or to be me. Okay? And as long as it doesn't negatively impact on anybody else, one is to feel okay, secure about our beliefs, our culture, and how we live that. In regards to our um, uh, Christian beliefs, Christ-following beliefs, bottom line is it's about love. Uh, just like Te Māori, it's about love and respect. And, you know, I am, I'm not a tōhunga in regards to the Bible, you know, I don't know it inside out, back to front, but we know the fundamentals and stand on those fundamentals. And one of them is the importance of Jesus and the foundations in the Bible. And for me, 
those are all about love, love for people, love for God. When it comes to te ao Māori, it's the same thing, love for people. But where, as you go deeper, though, you just need to make decisions about whether you go there in regards to things that may not be aligned with your faith. So what we, from ourselves, we can respect what people do and say, but it doesn't mean we need to agree with what people do or say. But we can respect that. And, and it comes back to love again. So, so for example, tangaroa. So for me, tangaroa is important. Tangaroa is the realm of the moana. But I don't pray to tangaroa for the gifts that are in tangaroa, that part of the world. I pray to God and thank God for those taonga. I thank God for tangaroa and the taonga that are provided or part of tangaroa. So that's just an example of the compromise, I suppose, or the, 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 the where we sit, or where I sit. Just moving on to the next question that I have is, life teaches us a number of lessons. What has been some of your key lessons that life has taught you? I suppose the first one is, Ko te atua tōkupiringa kāputa kāora, tūtai. God is my strength today. First, second is that, um, and again, it's 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 in our culture and it's in our faith um, that what's most important is love. But love has lots of different faces. You can do a haka, and a haka is about love, and it's many faces. And it's okay to be a man and talk about love, and to share and to say to people we love them. Because uh, there's a life, there's a lot of life by speaking love, and, and and just making sure it's genuine. I suppose, hey, you know, I suppose another thing is about believing in ourselves, backing ourselves. Have a go. I suppose another one that comes to mind is that remembering that we all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes, and I've made my fair share of mistakes. And but the main thing is that we. Apologize if we you know if we are able to to apologize able to as in the person is still alive we can go apologize to that person if they accept it or not that's up to them but at least we've done that because we need to move on from that because sometimes that because guilt is the enemy we make mistakes acknowledging that and that we are human so we're all going to make mistakes uh, but then we need to move on but when we do make a mistake guilt it's almost like a, when you feel guilt, it's almost like a eating yourself. It's almost, it can be, you know, and so for us, guilt is the enemy. Nothing good comes from guilt. We need to apologize. Uh, if we've done something wrong, we need to fix it as best we can. But sometimes we can't, but we have to have, give it a go. And then we need to move on. The guilt will, can eat at us and stop us from doing uh, amazing things uh, in the future. So I suppose that's that's a big one for me. Is about um, for us to move beyond feeling guilt, push guilt to the side, address what needs to be addressed as best as we can, feel satisfied that we've tried our hardest to address that, and then move on to be free. My last question for today is: um, you know, the name of the podcast is called Becoming Tiny. 
Um, I named this for a couple of reasons. Firstly, it's named after Tani Mahuta and, and the pūrako that goes with him and separating Rangi and Papa and Tani's desire to learn and to grow. It's also named after Tani because it's one of the Māori translations for the term man. And so when we think of the term becoming Tani or becoming a man, what does that mean to you? Becoming a man is... And I also think some people, what the, when can you become a man? When I think of, uh, it's almost like a level of maturity. And I've seen eight-year-olds who are incredibly mature in the heart and in the head. So some things that pop out to me when I'm thinking about what does it mean to be a man or to become a man, you serve when needed, you follow when needed, you lead when needed. You comfort when needed. You stand for something when needed. I think another thing that I, I that we forget about being, especially Māori, is that we got to be careful not to be too serious. Hey, because joy is an awesome thing. Hey, it's a life giving thing, and um, and I think that's sometimes as you know, it may be about you know haka. Haka and all that, you know, and, and I love haka, but it's not that we don't have to be a warrior all the time. We can be the joker, we can be uh, the loving uh, grandson, uh, we can be uh, the joyful person, we can be the sad person, you know, as in feeling sad. Uh, I think that's all part of being a man. Kapa haka has been a big thing in my life. And um, and it's almost like haka, and you and the and the parallel to being a man. Haka isn't just about warfare. It's about being cheeky, about being loving. It's about being caring. It's about standing up for a cause. It's for uh, leading the charge, or supporting from the back. It's all of those things. Uh, just like being a man. And so that's kind of like a, sometimes we can think just like haka that it's all about war. But, it, for, but for me, haka is about love. If you love a kaupapa, your body shows it, your voice shows it, your face shows it because you're committing to whatever the words are trying to depict and the message you're trying to send out. I think a bit like masculinity you know, and being a man. And I think... It's just about for us not to be too hard on ourselves. As men, we're human. We make mistakes. And uh, if we don't make mistakes, then we're not human. And I think that's why guilt is a a major thing for me, is because often we think we have to be perfect, and we're not. Uh, But we can be the best version of ourselves. Kia ora Watson, Ngamahimotera. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your knowledge, your wisdom, and your corridor that you were able to share with us. And hopefully, men can apply some of the lessons that you learnt uh, into their lives today. Thank you for listening today. We would appreciate it if you could share this podcast with your friends, especially those that may benefit from the story today. 
Again, we would love it if you could subscribe to the podcast. You can listen to Becoming Tiny Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Before I tell you about who will be in our next episode, I want to give a huge mihi to Aaron Moike for editing this episode and Cardinal Sadler for the music for the podcast. Much respect to you both. Our next episode will be featuring an entrepreneur, CEO, and founder of a Māori-owned power company called No Māira. His name is Ezra Hidawani. His story is amazing, so please subscribe. Finally, I want to remind you that Becoming Tiny Podcast is about sharing men's stories and growing great guys. Modi order.